He says, this is what we need to do. Can we have a throwback get-together with the boys and play Halo 2 for hours? Yeah, Master Chief Collection. No, I don't want to play it online. I want to be together. I want to land it with us next to each other. And we have to be sweaty and drink Mountain Dew or Dr. Pepper. as an excuse to bow out. King, do you not want to make a memory? I don't like Halo 2. You like... Wow. It's a 20-year-old game. Doesn't hold up well. Says you. Brother... What is can we, can we just sync up? You're in the wrong on this one. Kay. No, that's I'm not fine. Like, with you on that. That's, that's why I'm bowing out, so you guys can pick Adam or whatever. What we consume. Ahoy, ahoy, and welcome to What We Consume, a show about all the things we put into our minds and bodies. I'm your host, King Hagathor, and with me as always is... Hey, it's me, Kevin. We just learned about a magical revelation from King that's absolutely devastating to our brains. So Mike and I are a little bit, going to be a little bit off our game because King has said some awful stuff to us, and we just don't know, like... We, just, we don't know about him anymore. We, we're contemplating friendship at this point. And we're once again joined by our good friend, Michael. I, I'm here. I just interrupted King's intro initially, and I'm, I'm on a, another plane of existence already. It's because, it's because he messed with our brains for no reason. Like, who, who does this stuff? Me. Weekly. <laughs> So last week, we wrapped up our two-part series on Beanie Babies, a plush toy that became a worldwide sensation with very little marketing. And with the Super Bowl having just aired the weekend before this episode comes out, we thought it would be fun to discuss some of the most memorable and influential Super Bowl ads of all time. Obviously, this isn't going to be a completely exhaustive list. There are quite a few, and... I'm sure we all have our different opinions on which ones are more memorable than others. Uh, So this might be something we return to again in the future. But for now, we got, I think, a pretty good selection. So probably one of the most well-known companies to regularly do Super Bowl ads is Budweiser. So we started with one from our childhood... The Budweiser Frogs from 1995. Is, is that your childhood? When I it, mean, I was, I was five or four, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we were both we were both alive as children. I was like one years old when this aired. The first time. To be That's honest, fair. I didn't even know that was an a Super Bowl ad. Like I've seen that ad before. But I didn't know it was a Super Bowl ad. So when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that's a Super Bowl ad. Like, I I know what it is. It's just I didn't know it was a Super Bowl thing. Well, yeah, that was one thing that I actually kind of struggled with, with, like, uh, helping to put this list together. It was just like, was that actually a Super Bowl ad? Because, like, it was big and popular, and, like, it's presumably, but, like... I also found a couple that was like, oh, yeah, this one was, like, huge. And then it's like, this came out in April. And it's like, that's not when the Super Bowl is. Yeah. I don't know. I, a lot of Super Bowl ads are kind of like that as well. But I, I don't I don't remember anything about it. And I didn't look up anything about it. I remember this ad and that it was very popular. But I literally don't remember anything else. Yeah. And, like, you also got to remember mm-hmm. that, like, some of these, like, especially the successful ones will then have follow-up continuation ads. Like, there'll be a whole campaign. Like Spuds McKenzie, like these frogs. uh, A lot of times they'll, they'll, like, get popular during their Super Bowl um, premiere, and then, like, they'll keep getting played and played. Or they'll come out with another one a couple months later. So, this first one... It featured three lifelike puppet frogs named Bud, Wise, and Er, who, instead of doing regular croaks and rivets, say their name like Pokemon in a random, disjointed way until they finally get their act together and rivet in order. Bud, Wise, Er. Adweek called it, quote, one of the most iconic alcohol campaigns in advertising history. 
The commercial was directed by Gore Verbinski, who would later go on to direct movies like Mouse Hunt in 1997, the American remake of The Ring in 2002, and the first three Pirate of the Caribbean movies. The what? Ring's a remake? Yeah, it's a it's a remake of a Japanese movie. What an interesting like film like career. I didn't... Yeah, before that he mostly did uh, music videos, uh, kind of like David Fincher. Um, so they like that's how they cut their teeth, and then they took that to full on films. I didn't uh, know the Pirates of the Caribbean guy was the Ring guy. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, the, the, I, I, I think movie. I knew about Mouse Hunt, but. Well, I didn't know. I mean, I've seen the movie Mouse Hunt, but uh, the ring scared the poo out of me when I was a kid. Because that Never gave me like, saw it at a, like when you were 11 years old or whatever. That movie's scary when you're young. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyways, um, the campaign continued with other ads featuring other swamp creatures like chameleons and a ferret hitman in an ever more convoluted plot as well as a CD of the chameleon singing covers for songs like My Sharona and Sweet Home Alabama. That is interesting. Wait, they made a CD of the frogs singing that? The chameleons. The chameleons came after the frogs. Oh, after, after. Okay. Telling you. I wonder if I even remember the chameleons. (laughs) What'd you say, Kevin? I said, I wonder if I even remember the chameleons. Uh, They... um, like, one of them was pretty level-headed and got along okay with the frogs, but the other one, Chameleon, was, like, super jealous and, like, I think he had, like, a Jersey accent or something. Um, I remember something vaguely. I would have to see it. I would have to see it. I remember something about Chameleons, but I don't know if it's what I'm thinking it is. Yeah. Uh, anyways, finally, the ad campaign was uh, sidelined specifically with the frogs, just like Spuds McKenzie before it, when it was determined in a 1996 study that the Budweiser frogs were just as recognized by children as Ronald McDonald and Tony the Tiger. You don't want that for an alcohol. Yeah, so that's when they really started like leaning into the chameleons that somehow gave off a more mature vibe. Bud. Wise. Er. There we go. You did it. All right. Uh, I was so, there. Um, I was there. I figured it out. I was like, am I supposed to, should I say it? So should we go ahead and watch this ju- uh, just to, sure. you know, have it in our memory bank? But. But. Wines. But. But. Wines. But. But. Wines. But. Wines. But. But. Wines. You know the thing that I like that that commercials do very well. It makes you want to go to that place that's in the commercial, like the but whatever the Budweiser cabin bar thing in like the middle of the swamp. Like it would be cool to it would be interesting to go visit that place. It it does have a very unique uh, it does have a very unique atmosphere to it. So, what do you guys think? Uh, do you like the ad? Do you care about it? Make you feel anything besides a yearning for the swamp? Uh, I mean, I like that. I think it's clever. I think it's done well. I mean, it, any any type of ad that is super memorable is always going to be good. You know. Uh, yeah, and it's also catchy and like. Especially nowadays, like memeable. So, like yeah. these things keep popping up. Um, Simpsons parodied it. Mad TV parodied it. I got no, I got no problem with it. You know, I, I mean, I think it's who who uh, the ring director guy slash pirate character. Yeah, that guy. He, I mean, did he write it as well, or did he just direct it? Did he come up I with don't, it? I don't believe he wrote it. I believe he just directed it. I mean, regardless, he, he executed, whoever wrote it, executed, that's that's what you want to do. I bet it I bet it generated billions of dollars of sales. I want so, a Budweiser right now. I do not want any beer at all right now. It all tastes like cold piss. Why do you know what cold piss tastes like? Sometimes you have desperate times and you have to have it, okay, dude? You, you need to... Kevin ate the yellow snow. He needs to get rid of the uh, jugs under his desk. 
I think we can move on to the next one. Sure. So we're sticking with Budweiser because, as I said, they've had numerous very memorable ones. Obviously, we've already covered Spuds McKenzie, so we won't be doing that. But they do have another ad campaign that pops up quite frequently. The Budweiser Clydesdales. Brother. Dude, I'm on this brother thing lately, and I'm so sorry about the community and everybody that... uh... I accost with it. I, it's, it will go soon. I get in phases of saying things. I Right now it's that. People in my life are like, stop saying that. It doesn't suit you. And I'm just like, it's stuck on me right now. It'll eventually go. But sorry for that if you hear it. Anyway, the Clodsdales, you know, I think they're some of the only commercials that's ever made you really cry and care about things. And there's just beautiful, beautiful horses doing touching things and the, you know the, it's, it's a good it's a good commercial they are surprisingly uh effective ads for typically running only 30 to 30 seconds to a minute but yeah like some of them are incredibly sappy i went with one that's a little bit lighter just because like there's a few that's just like, am I getting choked up by a fucking beer commercial? <laughs> like, yes, you are. Yes, I, and, and you're gonna you're gonna cry your heart out, and you're all of your buddies are looking at you like, oh, you're you're a pussy, you know, male football talk. They probably yeah. use some other words too, but you know, this is that was back in like you know the two thousands and twenty tens. We're in the new generation, the twenty twenties. Appropriate language, people. So, Clydesdales and Budweiser have a long history together, ever since 1933, when August A. Bush Jr. purchased a team of Clydesdales as a gift to his father celebrating the repeal of Prohibition in America. The horses marched down Pestalozzi uh, Street, which is in St. Louis, and hitched. they were hitched to a red, white, and gold beer wagon. This marched through St. Louis, attracted quite a crowd, so the Bushes then sent the Clydesdales on a promotional tour, taking two cases of beer to Al Smith, the former governor of New York and an influential figure in the repeal of the 18th Amendment. Uh, The tour continued, and the Clydesdales also delivered a case of beer to President Franklin D. Roosevelt. I was going to ask before you even said that, was like, have the Clydesdales always been like synonymous with Budweiser? For a very long time, yeah. Uh, they didn't make it to commercials until Super Bowl twenty in 1986, and since then they've made an appearance every few Super Bowls in what are usually very sappy, heartwarming ads. Sometimes they also feature dogs, either Labradors or Dalmatians. Uh, There's a Dalmatian in that one. He's, he's a cutie. Yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and watch that ad real quick. Oh. I won't tell if you won't. So that one's certainly not as sappy or as heart-wrenching as they get, like the uh, Lost Puppy one or uh, a few of the others. And it's also, I would say, not quite as funny as uh, the two Dalmatians separated as puppies that get reunited when one's on a fire truck and the other's on the uh, Clydesdale beer wagon. But I, I like this one. It's... It's got a nice little simple story. It, visually, like, it gets the point across. Well, the it, it gets the story across. The point is to buy more Budweiser beer. But in any case, like, I think it. I think it's a pretty effective ad. Oh, I, I think it, I thought it was great. I was pulling for the little guy the whole time. You know, all he wants to do is follow in the other Clydesdale's footsteps. And I was just like, he yeah. can do it. He can do it. No yeah, essentially in this ad, if you guys... Uh, don't want to click the link or look for it yourself. Uh, a young Clydesdale is running around like a colt, I guess, um, and it it tries to pull the Budweiser wagon by itself. You know, clearly it yearns to become one of the members of the team. Uh, it can't. It can't. It doesn't quite have the strength yet to pull it on its own until a couple of more mature horses either family members or just members of the team give him the little nudge to encourage him super sweet super simple um but yeah that shit works i, I can't do like a whole movie franchise with them 
they could. They, I'm kind of surprised they haven't. How they uh, do like the air buds and stuff. Yeah. Um, the thing that I can say about the quad sales, the Budweiser quad sales, that they have made them so synonymous with Budweiser, it's insane. They like, I know they do uh, like little tours to sh- like show these horses off and stuff, uh, like around the country. And people, yeah, go and they they nuts. often appear in parades. Yeah, people go nuts to like go see these horses. And they're like, you know, fucking horses too. They, but but it specific like you can see Clydesdales in other places, but it's specifically the ones that are pulling the Budweiser thing. Like they want to see those horses, which is crazy that like, you know, they can make just the horses so popular that people want to go see them. Yeah, it is very effective branding, and it's got a long history. So, yeah. Should we move on? Sure. Yeah, All right. Sure. So, so you know, we've had two beer ads. Time to get into the snacks. So the next one we went with is uh, the Betty White Snickers commercial from 2010. I don't know if that's actually what it's called, but that's the way I'm describing it. So let's go ahead and watch that one. R.I.P. old Betty. She's a good gal. Mike, what is your deal, oh, man? Oh, come on, man. You've been riding me all day. Mike, you're playing like Betty White out there. That's not what your girlfriend said. Oh. Baby. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Eat a Snickers. When you see Betty White just get laid out, you're just like, what the fuck? It's a good commercial. The whole It's funny. It's it's effective. Betty White saying that's not what your mom, or is that not what your girlfriend said? Or whatever. Yeah. She's, she's, a good, she's a good gal, like I said. She's just so funny and witty and... She put she everything Betty White gets just pulled off great. Yeah, she also just was not afraid to like kind of uh play against the like normal grandma type. Like she has the look of like a sweet uh little grandma, but then like you'd get like Lake Placid where she's swearing up a storm and mm-hmm. hoping that uh, the crocodiles eat all the sheriffs and everything. And then you get something like this where uh you know sh- she's out on the field playing with the boys and then all of a sudden just gets a devastating tackle that would have wrecked her and she talks smack with her teammates betty's lady friend then gives her a snickers and after taking a bite he's replaced by a young guy who seems more appropriate for the environment he he's able to play now because he's not hungry so he's not you know you're not you when you're hungry and then we the ad also features a second like a second comedic bit where Abe Vagoda just gets sacked, and presumably he's suffering from the same ailment. I've liked every variation of like the "you're not you and you're hungry" thing when Snickers has done that. Yeah, always found that yeah. very effective. It, it, it's good. It's it's simple humor, you know. Like seeing someone get like hit is often pretty comedic, and seeing someone like Betty White get laid out in a muddy field is just shocking. But it works. Um, I can't think of the other ones off the top of my head, but they've done like a few like that where like just someone's like pissed off as like some older celebrity and they eat a Snickers and they turn into the normal person they're supposed to be. It also makes me want a Snickers. I don't, there's something about these. I'm also, I've learned in the last uh, few months is that I, I can actually get pretty... Um, uh, Angry? No, no, no. Uh, I can get pretty like manipulated by ads. Like, so, uh, like I've noticed that sometimes I'll see an ad and I'll be like, "I'm going to get that," and then, and then I go and get it. So uh, they they get me. They get me. I, I get, get I get got by some ads. We have known that from episode two of this podcast. <laughs> like, it's it's well known. This shit works on you. But I can't have to. I do. I I'm battling my chocolate. Uh, this stuff right now, my my sweets and just all I want is sweets and this uh, dude, this bad boy right now. What Ooh. about a hamburger? Uh, no, no, I'm I'm good with hamburgers right now. I can make those at home and they're not like super bad for you and stuff. It's just I like the bad stuff, you know. I, I want the I want the things that you're not supposed to have. I was just trying to segue to the next one, but you know whatever. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm stuck. I'm stuck on sweets. Yeah, so we've seen sweet work. We've seen. Bro, we've seen hold on. Back to the. We know that the the, the Domino's thing. We're talking about the Domino's episode, right? 
Yeah. You know, uh, I, well, Domino's and just the memorable mascots. Yeah, you know, the, the uh, can't avoid the noise because I wanted the uh, Domino's after that. You know, I ate mm-hmm. Domino's for like too much straight, like at, at least once a week. Which was Jesus which was Christ. insane, dude. I was destroying <laughs> Domino's. Disgusting. I got got you know. It's just you know. If oh, you want to sell something, if you want to make one sale, make a good ad and show it to Kevin. He, he was probably gonna get it. God, your poor body. <laughs> so we've seen sweet work. We've seen sentimental work. We've seen comedy work. But. As the old saying goes, sex sells. And so our next one is Paris Hilton's Carl's Jr. commercial from 2005. It features Paris wearing a skimpy bathing suit and washing a black Bentley while eating a Carl's Jr. burger, and the song I Love Paris plays throughout. Let's go ahead and watch it. I bet this commercial did so well. I also bet, like, when it came on, all the guys around, like, watching the Super Bowl and stuff were just yelling and, like, thinking it's great. Yeah, so, the ad was a hit and Carl's Jr. got the attention they were after, but it also upset a lot of critics calling it inappropriate for television and, quote, basically softcore porn and also, quote, a new low in TV advertising. I mean, what... Was it, though? I mean, I don't know. I feel like it was not the only thing around at that time doing pretty much the same thing. I mean, like, the Girls Gone Wild commercials had been airing at by that point. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess, well, I think people had problems with the Girls Gone Wild thing because eventually those stopped being showed during daytime television and they only moved it to nighttime. Like, after 8 yeah. or some shit like that. I think it was, like, more like after 10, yeah. but we have a different, dude. you know, like, different time. Dude, uh, this, dude, everything goes back to, like, when, I, going back to, like, when we, I used to watch Jackass and, like, Wild Boys and stuff, because the ads that were in between, like, in those were the girls going wild and stuff. Yeah, they, uh, I watched a lot of stand-up comedy and, like, what was it, Comedy Central would have, uh, like, quote-unquote uncensored movies after like 11 p.m except they weren't like they still cut out like a ton of stuff like Mm -hmm. they blurred nudity they they did allow the characters to like say fuck or whatever but but then like every you know 15 minutes another girl's gone wild and and then like after like i think after 2 p.m it was just straight like half hour blocks of just the ad playing over and over again yeah also i think this also like 2005 was definitely a different time than 2024 that we're in also we had not even been anywhere near like uh leggings um season yet like when those got popular because when girls started wearing leggings that changed everything because you can just you basically can see everything with girls wearing leggings anyway so, like, that changed the whole perspective on, you know, ads and other things. Uh, there was a, there's a, but I, I think because we're living in a different time, when we look back on that, the ads and things that we see now just all over social media, nothing compared, that's nothing compared to. Yeah, I mean, like, especially on Twitter when, like, you just keep getting ads for fucking dick sucking machines yeah like, dude, there's so many like i was like i didn't ask for this i haven't searched any of this stuff like i'm just scrolling through to look to see if people have like, put the things posted that i like follow and it's just like random so i'm like what the f- where is this coming from this this would have been after paris hilton's sex tape and i believe after they started airing the my simple life with paris and nikki i forgot to look up what year that started but uh, she she was a known quantity at the time. I've never liked her. Uh, I, I've never been interested in Paris Hilton either. I don't. It's just she wasn't my thing back then. You just like I was just like, yeah, okay. Like she she was pretty much top tier vapid. 
and that character worked for her. And it was a character, though. She's playing a character. And, like, even in her, like, when she talks and stuff, like, if you listen to her now, she's she doesn't use, like, that voice or any of that stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, like, some of that's just, like, age and everything, but, um, or maturity, rather. Mm-hmm. But, um, but also, like, that was just a very popular type of person at the time. Like, you had that, you had, um, the Anna Nicole Smith, um, the, um, what was her name? Uh, Jessica, not, uh, Simpson. Yeah. yeah Jessica, Jessica Simpson and, um, and the, uh, playboy bunnies, like just that kind of airy blonde bimbo, uh, was just very popular at the time. Never really got into it. Like, I, I never really found that stuff all that interesting. I saw this uh, commercial when it aired and was just like, she's getting soap on the burger, and she's getting burger on her. Like, Also, that burger looks disgusting to me. It's It, it, it was the least very. It was very bloated. <laughs> like, 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 I don't like a lot of things on my burger, but at least if I would see, it, see an ad with it like loaded with stuff, I'm like, that still looks good to me, but that burger t- just did not look good to me. Also, she... She's probably never touched a burger like that in her life, other than for that ad. It 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 is kind of a contrast that I I would say doesn't really uh, work. Sex, they're just doing sex sales. All that all that's doing. Uh, yeah, but like, they're even sex sales has its limits, and uh, like that seemed to work for a lot of people. Uh, me at that age, like what age I was when that came out, and even now, like. It's just like, yeah. Uh. When, so, was Paris Hilton, she was she was one of the first, like, like, she was getting notoriety and stuff a little bit before this, but she was, like, one of the first people to, like, super blow up from, like, a sex tape, right? Um, I think the first that I can remember and I'm I'm probably wrong but an earlier one would have been Pamela Anderson and um Oh yeah, they uh, made a whole TV uh, show off that, what's right? What's his name? Tommy I think it's Tommy Lee. Uh they they've recently come out with like a uh docudrama or yeah. like a a, a dramatiza- dramatization of it. Um I don't know if anything came out at the time, but Pam Anderson was all over the place at the time, so, yeah, like, so. she was already very popular. Yeah, um, but I think, like, after that, like, I, it had to be Paris, right? She was one of the ones, she was one of, the, like, the first ones to, like, super blow up, and then, like, Kim, and there was a, there's been a couple, there's only been, like, notable, like, three or four notable ones that I can even think of right now. Well, um, there, like, there was... Those that were, like, a single video came out, and I think at least a few of them were, like, released on purpose for the fame and everything. Because, like, these women were already very, like, not very famous. Like, they they weren't influencers yet, um, which I guess, I guess they'd be called influencers. But, like, they weren't really celebrities at this point. They were just very affluent young women who came from, like... Like, Paris Hilton came from the Hilton Hotel fortune. Kim Kardashian, her father was the lawyer? Or her stepfather, I can't remember. Uh, and and then, like, um, what's her name? Yeah, because, um, yeah, it had to be her father because uh, Jenner was the stepfather. Um, yeah, and, and Jenner was the athlete. Yeah, uh, so he had, he, yeah, so, he had to be the lawyer. So, yeah, so, like, in any case, they, they came from money. They didn't have to do this. They just wanted more limelight, I suppose. And then not too long, I mean, like, yeah, not too long after Paris was Kim, and then I can't really think of any others until the event that Reddit disgustingly called the Fappening, which was just a massive leak of... Uh, people's private videos and photos and i would say we should do an episode on that but i like i don't want to do an episode on that because that's like all their personal stuff and i think it's super wrong like if they didn't want that shown like i just i also think it's wrong to like i don't know i don't know we would have to talk about it 
because it is a very interesting thing because that is that made like hacking into people like celebrities phones and stuff and trying to leak pictures very popular and it's super prevalent now but um i don't know like i don't agree with it whatsoever yeah i'd have to look into it because i'm not even sure if it's really like a a full episode's worth of a story uh Mm -hmm. because i mean there's only so much you can say like okay and then these are the people that got leaked and i definitely don't want to like do that but i'll look into it and we'll see you know what commercial brand did really well at sex sales go daddy i was (laughs) always like i was always interested in going to their uh website i never did but i was like i kind of want to check that out after seeing this bro i did not know what GoDaddy was at all and i honestly thought like i was scared to like put it in i thought it was a porn site for the longest time or like something like that but it's it's just a um website domain site right yeah yeah it's nothing like bad but you always thought it was like something you know bad well the the advertisements like very heavily implied that if you went to godaddy.com there would be more and there wasn't and i know because i did go look <laughs> just like, this is bullshit where the fuck is danica patrick showering uh it really wasn't the danica patrick one it was the second one that i uh have up there so i i i this is the only one we're doing two for just because i want to show you guys the contrast um, where's the so, where's the second one before we uh, get into it? Shit, did I not give that to you guys? Uh, I, did. I did not. Okay. Also, the curly-haired guy that's uh, in this one, he's in Community. Really? Uh, he is, yeah. That song where those right, guys who now. sung that jingle, um, and they got like the, super popular. The freecreditreport.com. Yeah, was that a Super Bowl ad, or is that just a regular ad that like got way too big for its britches i think that was the regular running ad along with the um education connection okay yeah and and also that um that god-awful jg wentworth jingle because i because at least with the freecreditreport.com guys they like had a new jingle that like was relevant to what was happening in the commercial the jg wentworth ad it was the same song every time sung by different operatic people got a structured settlement and i need cash now yeah uh anyways that's not what we're talking about right now we're talking about GoDaddy. so i've sent you guys both those ads so we'll just watch both of them and then this is awesome keep watching this is my fifth shower today it's very like um a play on weird science for sure like but like go daddy weird science yeah so did you guys just watch the danica one so far yeah i've watched both but i was waiting okay. for you guys to get through whatever and then we can discuss oh, fair enough um, so miss capelli yes i'd like to be on a commercial and what will you be advertising GoDaddy.com. oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the oxygen mask at the end of that one got me. <laughs> yeah, so that's the one I remember more um, than the Danica. Like I, I remember Danica Patrick being like the the face of GoDaddy for a while, but that one's the one I remember more because you know the, 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 the oxygen mask got you right. What's up, Kevin? I heard what Mike said. The oxygen mask got you right. Um, so, yeah, uh, Danica Patrick was a race car driver. I think she's now retired because it's been a while. Uh, and I think she had a pretty bad crash at the Indy 500. But, yeah, GoDaddy was no stranger to pushing the limits of their ads during the Super Bowl, like, including during the Super Bowl, even, uh, having at least one ad pulled before it could air, because uh, it was just too hot. I couldn't f- figure out which one it was exactly, but... In any case, they hit a new level uh, when they signed professional driver Danica Patrick in an ad that uh, featured her taking her fifth shower of the day, this time with the, quote, German woman from the dean's office. And, like, not only were the ads, like, pretty, like, 
sexually suggestive, but they also always ended with, like, continued at GoDaddy.com, implying that there was, like, more footage. There was not. Nope. Sorry to disappoint. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot more to say about these. I mean, you get it. Yeah, you do. I like I said this. I feel like this was a better usage of sex cells, but that's. I think me. these were more effective, um, just because they, like, it it made like at least these made you intrigued to go to the website, uh, and then like maybe you'd be interested enough to like start your own domain whereas the other one it's just like oh sweet a soapy burger at carl's jr <laughs> like yeah it's not like it, you're gonna eh. get paris hilton after buying a carl's jr burger yeah yeah so shall we move on to the next one affirmative governor yeah okay uh let's go ahead and watch the ad and then we'll discuss it today we celebrate the first glorious anniversary of the information On January 24th, Apple Computer will introduce Macintosh. And you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. Boy, couldn't we have been so wrong with how 1984 is 1984 now? Yeah, so this one's interesting and takes a very different angle to a lot of the stuff we've seen so far. This was directed by Ridley Scott of, like, Blade Runner and Alien fame. So it features thousands of bald, gray men conforming to the speaker's message, like, marching marching in and then being sat before a screen to, like, watch this clearly propagandized piece. Meanwhile, it's intercut with uh, a woman, Anya Major, uh, in a white top and orange jogging shorts, rushing in with a sledgehammer while being chased by riot police. She takes the sledgehammer, she spins around a few times, throwing it at the screen, bursting the screen with an explosion of light and wind. Anya Major would also co-star in Elton John's music video, Nikita. Apple then announces that they are introducing the Macintosh home computer that will ensure the year 1984 is nothing like the Orson Welles dystopian, oh, sorry, Orson Welles dystopian story of the same name. It also came out the year that the movie version of 1984 released. Did we already uh, talk about did Did we already bring this up in another episode? I believe I've mentioned it before. I remember saying that. I think in something that we've done, and I cannot remember if it was us or if I just like remember that ad so vividly. Like obviously, I wasn't alive when it when it happened. Or is it in also? Did they like? They've used that in like movies and stuff, but like differently, right? Or is it in a I, song? I, Was it in a song it, that felt like when we did Filthy Fifteen? Yeah, it might have been. Um, I, I can't. Any, I can't. I didn't watch any music videos, so I don't know if it was used in any of the music videos for any of the songs. Yeah, I I feel like you might be right, uh, but we've almost certainly discussed it in a podcast episode before. So the interesting thing about this is the ad was only officially aired twice on TV. Once right before the 1 a.m. sign-off of the KMVT in Twin Falls, Idaho. And that was, like, a couple months earlier in December. And then it just sat and waited. And then again, just after the halftime of Super Bowl eighteen, it was shown again. And I say officially because while the ad itself didn't air again... Um, it created such a media frenzy that it was shown on the news many times after while being discussed, giving it a ton of free publicity. It, it was also shown as a preview before the movie 1984 when it released later in the year. Some interesting, like... Marketing. I don't think I've ever seen the movie 1984. Yeah. Originally, it was a point of contention within Apple as uh, some people did not want to air it. They were like, this is too weird, like, this is going to send the wrong message, we shouldn't air it. But Steve, uh, apparently Steve Jobs was just like, no, we're fucking doing it. It's now recognized as a watershed moment and masterpiece in advertising. It's won several awards for being such an effective ad. Mm -hmm. Steve Jobs is the man. He kind of, 
He knew what he was doing at the time. I can give him that. He's still a crazy man, he, but he knew what he was doing. Yeah, except when it came to cancer treatments. Yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, um, now we eat Apple products like it's 1984. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so this is just an incredibly bizarre and uh, incredibly effective ad. Um, and it came out at the right time to be really like in the consumer zeitgeist it was also like you know there was a ton of dystopian media at the time you know the cold war was still on there was still a lot of like fears of nuclear annihilation and uh that kind of stuff so like it it just it hit all the right things uh to become what it was but Apple's not the only company to dip into the dystopian when it came to Super Bowl ads. In 1999, Monster.com used the very real fear of becoming a cog in the capitalist machine to really make people think about their lot in life. Uh, so we're going to watch this next one. When I grow up, when I grow up, I want to be underappreciated. To be paid less for doing the same job. I want sunshine blowing up my dress. So, I don't know if it's the quality of the ad, but I have no idea what that last girl says. I want sunshine blown up my dress. Is that... Yep. It's it's a, essentially a politer way of saying, I want you to blow smoke up my ass. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, still, still... It's weird for great. a little girl saying it, and I think well, yeah. that's the only problem that I have with this commercial. Like that, like all of it makes sense, and we're getting there, and then they, it says that last thing. I'm like, man, that's just like weird. Like for like, it, why why say that? Like you know, in hindsight, that part really doesn't age well. I mean, it shouldn't have aged well at the time, yeah. but you know, that was the '90s. Uh, um, oh, so well. I was just going to say, uh, by filming it in black and white and having kids claim their career goals are somewhat less optimistic than you'd expect, it kind of, like, reveals the state of the world. And 23 years later, it is a stark reminder. It's a wonderful life, and we're living great times, and uh, we're all happy. Anyway, it could... Do uh, any of us like our jobs? Uh, Kevin loves yeah. his job. I thought you liked yours, uh, King. Fuck no. Never liked a job in my life. I like my old job. Been going, baby. Uh, I was so much happier. Anyway, this could be used as like a monster energy drink ad as well. Like, because monster, so monster, um, sponsor or does a lot of stuff in action sports so they what they could have done is been like they said all this stuff and then like thrown and then like switch to be like oh i want to do this and then they start doing like action sports and stuff i think it would have been i think you could have used it both ways that's just how my mind was working you know sure uh yeah i I think they could have um but because monster.com is a like job finder website it is more effective in that way um is monster.com still around i believe so but they now have much more competition so did they get uh, like bought by like indeed or all the any of those stuff i haven't looked into the fate of the company um i think they're still going um i just think they don't have a corner on the market like they did in 99 yeah, I, I, I think I see more ads for other different oh, yeah. job sort of websites. Yeah, because, um, you know, people are looking to move ahead, and sometimes that means finding a new company. Well, supposedly you're supposed to leave your job every two years if you don't get uh, compensation, and we're leaving... 40% of uh, our future earnings on the plate by staying at our jobs too long. It's certainly possible. So yeah, that one's pretty bleak. Next one up is slightly more optimistic. Coca-Cola. Um, yeah, you guys just want to watch it and then we'll talk about it? Sure. 
Give a little love. Good yeah. ad. Good ad. I mean, all they did was like, hey, what are all the popular games? Grand Theft Auto, Sims, you know, like, and they just threw that all into one, basically. Yeah, so obviously it's not uncommon to see branding and cross-promotion when it comes to video games these days. With Fortnite continuing to prey on nostalgia and sensations with each new season, gamers get a lot more media attention than they ever have. But in 2007, that was a lot rarer. Most of the time before this, the only times gamers were mentioned in other media were ads for video games themselves, uh, someone blaming them for violence, or lazy writers tr uh, trying to show their character as some type of nerd or unfuckable slob or immature. Uh, but Coca-Cola decided to embrace the largely neglected demographic with a what seems like a GTA-inspired ad. Reminds me of was, G4 TV garbage. Fair. Um, it was released as part as co as part of Coca Cola's quote happiness factory campaign. The ad features the protagonist, who looks suspiciously like Grand Theft Auto 3's protagonist at the time, speeding through the streets, careening around corners, and generally being a menace on the motorway, until he pulls in front of a small convenience store, terrorizing everyone in his wake with his mere presence. He grabs a bottle of Coca-Cola out of the fridge and then does something remarkable. He pays for it. He walks outside and immediately yanks a dandy blonde man out of his red convertible and instead of carjacking him, hands him a second bottle of Coke, clinking the two together. The music becomes upbeat and the protagonist strolls down the street doing various acts of kindness without missing a step. I don't just know if a stuffing a homeless man into a car with women is an act of kindness, but... Hey. That one's that one's a little odd, but hey, uh, you know, hey, you know, hey, was... but what I will say is the women seemed happy to have him. So that's fair enough. Yeah, with just a sixty-second runtime, the Coca-Cola video game commercial appealed to gamers as well as a larger audience and showed, to some at least, the potential of video games to tell a story, leading to more collaborations and advertising down the line. It ended up winning several awards at the Cannes Lions International Advertising Festival's Film Grand Prix. Interesting. Well, games were also blowing up at that time. Like, uh, COD yeah, was that was up. like the Halo year of was blowing up. Halo. I, I think that was the year Halo Three came out. Uh, I think Bioshock had just come out. Um, yeah, there was there was suddenly a lot of like story driven um, games that had like a, a much more impressive look to him than had ever been there before. And since then, many advertisers have used video game graphics or video game-esque inspirations for their advertisements, along with, like, pure, pro like, cross-promotions, like energy drinks and uh, caffeinated sodas and uh, snack foods... Before you know. before that, the only like big game stuff that I remember them like using it for was like Tony Hawk Pro Skater stuff, and then like Slim Jim. They used it with a like video games. I think Crash Bandicoot had like Slim Jim stuff, right? And uh, Dave Miras. Yeah. Also, um, when uh, when the EA Sports games um, started coming out on the three hundred and sixty, like. Uh... Uh, what was it? Um, like Fight Night in particular, they had uh, a lot of Burger King advertising. Um, Need for Speed Most Wanted had some pretty blatant billboards around the map. Uh, yeah, like this was not the only video game thing to come out at this time, uh, but this one was effective and also during the Super Bowl, giving it a lot wider reach. Yeah. And Coca-Cola is pretty well-known for its Super Bowl ads, much like Bo Budweiser is. Uh, so the next one we have is the Mean Joe Green ad from 1979-1980. Uh, so let's go ahead and watch that, and I'll, we can talk about it. Want my Coke? It's okay, you can have it. No, no. Really, you can have it. Okay. A Coke Thanks. and a smile. 
really just don't get jingles like that anymore. And it's so sad to me. It's a good, it's a good jingle. I'm also a Coca-Cola like guy, and uh, I just think their freaking ads are top-notch in every aspect. Also, yeah, I wonder. They didn't do a Pepsi ad like they did, like Pepsi did that one time. Since this came out in like '79, I wonder like how many black athletes had been featured in like Super Bowl commercials before that. Um. I, I would imagine there was a few, but not like not very many. Um, but I think this was starting to turn that tide. This was also during Coke's um, "Have a Coke and a Smile" campaign, uh, which was after their um, "I Want a World with a Coke." Uh, remember, I brought it up during our Coca-Cola mm-hmm. War episodes. So this isn't like this certainly isn't the first time Coca-Cola's or like a soft drink has featured. Uh, African Americans, but the like, this one was also like a top tier ad. Uh, Coca Cola's got a long history of memorable ads. Um, this was bears. not originally a Super Bowl ad. Oh. It originally aired on October first, nineteen seventy nine, and it would end up being aired multiple times as part of Coca Cola's "Have a Coke and a Smile" campaign. But it really gained its fame when it aired once again during the nineteen eighty Super Bowl where Mean Joe Green and the Pittsburgh Steelers defeated the Los Angeles Rams 31-19. to So, like, you had an advertisement featuring one of the players while he was playing mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl. And then Mean Joe Green, Joe Green in general, is a bad dude. Four-time Super Bowl winner. I think he won defensive player, like, twice. I think he was, rook, uh, like, defensive rookie of the year or something. He's a, he's a bad, bad dude. He's... I would have loved to see him play in his prom. He's a. If anybody knows anything about football, he's like basically the like a Chris Jones of that time. I don't think you guys know who that is, but like, but better. But uh, he's bad. Did you dude. say that he was mean. Hmm? Well, uh, he he was a very. I was just saying, good Kevin kept saying he was player. a bad bad dude. I was like, could you say that he's mean? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I think part of the reason he got that reputation was because of how effective of a player he was, and I believe he also like did some fighting, which was Probably. more common at the time. Yeah, um, but the the filming was a little bit difficult. It was shot in May of 1979, and Green was a lot more comfortable on the field than on the screen. He ended up having to chug 18 16-ounce bottles of Coca-Cola, which made performing his final line difficult due to constant burping. It also caused him to have to take frequent bathroom breaks uh, while wrecking his off-season workout diet. So th- this ended up taking three days to shoot. Bro, <laughs> I bet his Christ. stomach hurt so bad. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm surprised it didn't give him like insta diabetes. I wonder how much he. I wonder how much he got paid for it though. I don't know. Um, and oh, what else was I gonna say? Anyways, um, like I I don't know how much he got paid for it, but. The results are arguably worth it since it's still considered one of the top ads of all time and it inspired numerous localized remakes of other sports figures, particularly soccer or football personalities like Diego Maradona of Argentina, um, Nawat Srisawat from uh, Thailand, and Zico from Brazil. I'm pretty sure they also recently, well, not too recently, like 15 years ago, remade this commercial with Troy Palomalu. I'm not, I don't know. I I remember him doing the ad. I'm pretty sure it was like basically just like a reimagining of the same thing. Essentially what happens in the commercial is Joe Green is walking off the screen or like walking through the, um, what are those called? Like the, uh, the tunnel. Yeah. Uh, out of a game, clearly injured. He's already got his jersey off. This little kid comes up to him, asks him if he needs help. Green seems to be trying to be nice about it, but he's also in a lot of pain. The kid offers him his Coke. He takes it. He drinks it. The kid walks off. You know, you know. I just like I feel bad that he's injured or whatever. But uh, Green decides to have him stops him by calling out to him. And throws him his jersey, which would have been an awesome thing for a kid to receive. I don't know why that kid's just wandering around in the tunnel, though. 
get some security up in here. Yeah, but I mean, back in the day, football used to be different with like tunnels and security and stuff. That is true. Um, um, the only thing I remember Poit, uh, Troy Palomalu from is all the head and shoulders shit. <laughs> Dude, he was the, the man had a lot of hair. He was the ultimate head and shoulders guy. Yeah. So, um, this also went on to inspire a made for TV movie in 1981 for NBC. The movie was called, uh, oh shoot, what was it called? Uh, The Steeler and the Pittsburgh Kid. Interesting. So, yeah, it, I I watched a little bit of it. Um, it's got a lot of ads in it, uh, and it's very strange. It's clearly made for TV, but essentially, like the team adopts a nine-year-old child who's played by Henry Thomas, who's the ET protagonist, mm-hmm. um, in replacing Tommy Oaken from the commercial. Uh, Green takes on a fatherly role for the boy during their time together. Weird premise, uh, weird way to go about all this. Uh, But, you know, I guess some people liked it. Uh, It's also just had so many parodies. Um, Pepsi did a spoof on it with uh, Shaquille O'Neal, The Simpsons, Family Guy, Johnny Bravo, Futurama. Like, just tons of uh, remakes or... uh, or spoofs or reimaginings, yeah. I I enjoyed the, the ad. I like ads from that era, so it, I like the jingles and stuff. That that's one of my takeaways from that. You you don't get jingles anymore. No, I think the like old jingles are pretty much gone. There's no like there's the modern like commercial or modern jingle and stuff is basically just like. TikTok songs and shit. Yeah. So, in any case, we've done nine. We've already gone for an hour, so we're going to do one more, and I think we're going to call it good with Ted. Cool. Sticking with uh, football or an athlete. Yeah. um, So, obviously, uh, Mean Joe Green is not the only athlete or even football player to be featured in commercials. Uh, And this one, I, I figured we'd end with this one just because like it's related because it's another football player but it's also just like one of those like it's one of those ones that sticks with you because it's just memorable so let's go ahead and watch that one you know you need a cover sheet on your tps reports richard that ain't new baby hey Terry. hey janice but what's really impressed me is how terry's become part of the felcher family He fits right in here. That's a load, this is Paul, Doug. I can say this. The the like him smack like smacking those people and hitting them, the the like the sound that they did for it is great because you can like you can feel it. He is just demolishing them when they ta- when they, they tackle get tackled. It is yeah, wonderful. It- it sounds like bones crunching yeah. and like they they look like pretty hard hits uh, so uh, the first time I heard this when he calls he, he's yelling at Mitch I always I, I heard, thought he said bitch I was like excuse me <laughs> whoa yeah so this is the office linebacker uh, for uh, Reebok from 2003 uh, it features um Linebacker Terry Tate, who's played by Lester Spite, or Spate, who would go on to play Augustus Cole in the Gears of War franchise. Oh. Yeah. Did not uh, know that. That's that's cool. Cole yeah, Train, and, baby. Yeah, and this, he's the pain train. Um, so he gets hired as an office linebacker to uh, whip the employees into shape, which admittedly is, like, a pretty gruesome idea. Like, just... It doesn't sit well with me as like, but as a, it is as very a funny. Man, as a, as yeah, like a... yeah. Um, I mean, like with how with how many ways companies fuck us over already, they certainly don't need any ideas. I, I, but I can uh, tell you this for an ad from two thousand three. It's very funny. My productivity would definitely be up if I had to be looking over my shoulder to see this man running at me full speed. Like I do not want to get hit. 
yeah. I've gotten hit enough in my life uh, with football. It's just not a. It's not fun. Well, it, and it's he's fun, an but... intimidating presence in these commercials. Like he's. It's not just like you're getting hit by your local high schooler. Like this. This man is a professional pain trainer. Yeah. <laughs> he was employee of the month multiple times. <laughs> Yeah, you can see on the wall that just photos of him for. I'm assuming it's employee of the month. Yeah, that and would make sense. Also, when he sacks that one dude uh, who is playing that card game, which I assume is solitaire. solitaire. Yeah, did the, the person even solitaire. fucking actually complete the game? <laughs> I was like, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, well, well he, you know. dude, he got demolished right after that. He shouldn't have been playing fucking solitaire. He just yeah. he got killed. He's done. Should have been doing sporkle quizzes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, just one of those ads that stick with you. I think they ended up uh, doing, like, nine episodes of it. Uh, the first one, the uh, one I showed, is uh, the one from the Super Bowl uh, 37. And, yeah, just, uh, you know, you fuck around in the office. The office linebacker is going to take you out. Yeah. I just, I, I, that I just, was a really fun commercial for sure. I just had to watch some of the hits again, dude. It's just bone crushing. That's wonderful, you know. Also, like every word that comes out of uh, Terry Tate's mouth is like a catchphrase. It's like you kill the Joe, you make some more. You don't cut the cheese wherever you please, because when it's game time, it's pain time. Uh, I also like that one part where he's like yelling at the guy about TPS reports that he's clearly already, like, put on the ground, and then, like, some lady's like, hi, Terry, and he's like, hey, Janice. Yeah, you know, that was a really good uh, one. Yeah, he's a sweet just, guy as long as you're doing your work, you know? Yeah. Yeah, uh, just, you know, one of those ads that lives on 21 years later. Jesus. All right, uh, so we've done 10 commercials. Uh, like I said, we've got more um, that I think we'll have to come back to and revisit this another time but i thought this would just be a fun one for the super bowl it was a great one i love it i love consumerism i i def i definitely i don't know if i love it but i definitely get consumed by consumerism and uh it, it fucks me over sometimes kevin's about to go out and buy like 20 cases of coke zero and some Reeboks. No, I never have to buy Coke Zero or like Diet Coke. I already got D. Oh, I always got some DC on hand. It's so, so like DC is always in the house. Then my ro then I have the rotation of uh, Diet Mountain Dew, Sunkiss, and um, Dr Pepper. But the DC is always with it. So if I buy a case of Mountain Dew, Diet Mountain Dew, or Sunkiss, I gotta get the DC with it. It's just a staple, you know. He's going to have a whole box of Snickers the next time we record. Don't don't put that curse on. I'm trying, dude. I got to I got to stop eating sweets right now otherwise I will I will get diabetes. So like no no lie. <laughs> like I think I can't do that shit. He's going to be wearing an old lady wig, pop out a whole box of Snickers before we even record, eat half of them and then rip off the wig. How fucking it's funny would that be? Inventor it, it's only going to be funny for our entertainment and no one else's. <laughs> I don't like. I don't film it for my. I don't film it at all. I just do it for us. That's commitment. By the by, the time we uh, record next, Kevin will have outdrank Mean Joe Green. <laughs> oh, for dude, at least two, three, twelve packs. I would say at least two to three twelve packs a, a week go down. Go a down. Week? Well, Jesus. they're not all me. My wife helps a little bit, but the majority <laughs> of it is me. I'm going to tell the truth. You know, that's how I get my hydration in. Good Lord. All right, well, um, it's, any if, final thoughts on all, this uh, iteration? All I have to say is if aspartame actually caused cancer, I would be cancer-ridden right now. Good to know. <laughs> I, I thought aspartame was just supposed to make you shit. Maybe I'm saying the wrong thing. Or no, what am I thinking of? Um, it, 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 that was the stuff in the wild chips. Never mind. No, it's aspartame. Oh, really? No, 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 not the shit thing. The thing that I'm talking about, the cancer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Aspartame is just an artificial sugar. Sweetener. Yeah. 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 Um, 
the one I was thinking of was for fat free chips. Uh, I think it was the Wow brand that it was like suddenly like people were shitting their pants like with them without a moment's notice, and they were like, "Something's wrong with these chips." Like you buy that pound of sugar free gummy bears from whatever mm. Harbro or whatever their brand is, and they just acts as a laxative. Awesome. So, any final thoughts on this uh, collection of ads we've watched? No. Ads are fun. Yeah. I like ads. Preferably 80s to 90s ads. Yeah. Ads are very interesting. Like, it's a very interesting form of art. And if you can do it very well, you can... Like, there's a reason in... Uh, why, like, the one it's people's jobs. And there's some people that are, like, you know the best in the world at it. What is the TV show that they made? I can't think of its name. It's got uh, it's got the Dan guy. His name is his name Dan. What are you talking about? Is it is it Mad Men? Oh, about the advertisers? Yeah, yeah. Like there's, yeah, there's a, in like the 60s. Yeah, there's a reason there's a whole like yeah, TV show Man. on that shit cuz like ads are crazy. I love yeah. if you're going a Mad Men route or a How It's Made route. I was like, what are you doing here? Both. I mean, but like both are, you know, how they make commercials and people who like come up with the concepts. And, you know, we're recording this before this year's Super Bowl, so it'll be interesting to see if any of uh, this year's live up to uh, what we've discussed. I know the uh, Paramount Plus one has been uh, getting a lot of attention. Uh, this one's so fucking... That's so good. It's it's effective. It's a good um, one, yeah. And we, we might discuss it at the beginning of uh, next episode, but uh, we'll see. Um, we've obviously got a lot of nostalgia for, like, late 80s to early 2000s stuff. Um, so, like, we've obviously got a bias... But, you know, maybe someone will whip out an advertisement this year that people will be talking about for another 20 years. Maybe the peanut will die again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. All right, well, I think that's going to call it for us today. Uh, Kevin? Well, guys, thanks for listening. Don't get bamboozled by ads and go binge on sweets or drinks or any other type of things that they're trying to sell you. Uh, there, There's a person on the podcast that definitely gets influenced very easily by this. And uh, you can see how he's doing in his life. So uh, catch us for more at what underscore we underscore consume on X. I didn't know which one I wanted to say because you guys keep saying Twitter, but I call it X. But Twitter or X and then catch us at... Uh, what we consume podcast on instagram mike you want to do yours or uh i just have i'll I'll plug and say a couple things you know um you can find me on twitter at michael ray v and blue sky at grassman 94 be sure to go buy yourself a nice carl's jr burger featuring paris hilton and a whole case of snickers bars or you'll be like betty white and I am at King Hagathor on both Twitter and Blue Sky. Other than that, bye bye. <laughs>